Back to the crossover podcast, the show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports, and get ready for a little sports and potentially pop culture, depending on how the time frame goes. I'm your host, as always, Matt Pierce, and uh, joining me today is Craig Needles. How's it going, Craig? Wonderfully, thank you. All right, good to have you back. A little bit earlier than than we uh, we thought we'd have you back, but uh, whatever. It's a lot of, a lot of stuff going on in, in sports and pop culture world right now, so I figured I'd have you on to have a little chat. Um, you want to start with the NHL? Yeah, sure. All right, let's start with the NHL. Draft happened this weekend few crazy trades uh suban moving um where would you like to start i'm gonna I'm let you say what you want anything you want let's to start, start with pk all right all right um i am just thrilled that um first off i think he's gonna look terrible in a devil's jersey i'm just gonna throw that out i there. agree it's just not just not colors befitting that particular man uh overall i'm just happy that lou lamarillo isn't there in the devils to stifle pk being awesome i agree so there's yep, that no uh, i agree entirely yeah uh this is my fantasy for the devils yeah is the penguins are apparently looking to move phil kessel and look i don't know if phil would have waived his no trade to go there but if you had phil kessel pk suban and taylor hall on the same team Every hat Canadian sports writer might have an aneurysm if that team won anything. That's true. So yeah. <laughs> that's what I'd be hoping for. Like, yeah. do you are, are you sick of Steve Simmons? Are you sick of Mark Spector? Are you sick of yeah. basically anyone who writes out of Edmonton? Yeah. Well, I've got some news. If a team with those guys on it won things, they would be done for. Yeah. <laughs> that just that just be it for those guys. <laughs> I heard that there was an impetus. I'm not sure how true this is, obviously, because I don't live in the New Jersey area, but. Apparently, one of the impetuses for doing this, Craig, was that there is an untapped market of African-American people that exist in New Jersey that uh, potentially they would like to like, and Here's the thing. And, after, and right? His race is part of it yeah. from the perspective of PK is a great ambassador. For exactly, game. right? Yes, yes, exactly. He's, just, he's, a, he's a, by all accounts, uh, a fantastic dude. And obviously, when I say by all accounts, I mean people that you know don't write about sports for a living. Yeah. Um, he's a fantastic dude. People seem to really like him. You know, the fans love him. Uh, yeah, I and and yeah, that on there's a factor of there are very few marketable black NHL players, and my very few, I mean, and no disrespect to guys like Devontae Smith, Pelly, or Wayne Simmons, when I say very few marketable black NHL players, there's specifically one. Yeah. So I think yeah, it's a it, it's a good news story all around. I think it would have been neat to see him go to a, a few different markets where perhaps maybe they'd. Uh, you know, if you'd gone to not that this team would have interested, but if you'd gone to Carolina, if you'd gone to a team like that where there's even more of a of a, an untapped market that way, maybe that's interesting. But uh, no, I'm uh, I'm I'm excited for PK. Maybe not this year, but next year for the Devils. All of a sudden, you've got a core with Nico Hischer and uh, and, and and Jack Hughes, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then you add in uh, Taylor Hall, who I think is probably more likely to resign now than he was 48 hours ago because the team has shown, hey, actually, you know, we're we're in it to win it, and relatively soon we just traded for PK Subban. What do you think of that? So no, I'm uh, I'm I'm liking the direction that New Jersey's going in. Uh, they gave up very little to get PK, but if you go to capfriendly.com very quickly and you realize that Nashville's number one goal was clearing salary because they wanted to sign Matt Duchesne, well Nashville's highest salary was PK Subban, and the number of teams that could take on that full ticket for PK Subban was really limited. 
And then you go further to teams that were actually interested. Like, you know, Ottawa could have taken it, but they never would have. Uh, Colorado has the cap room right now, but they've got a bunch of guys to resign. So that's mm-hmm. it's not something that's going to work long term. Uh, Columbus, hypothetically, but I think this is going to be a year where they kind of gear it down a little bit. There, uh, Carolina had the cap room, but they've got a bunch of good right shot defensemen already. Uh, Winnipeg has cap room, but they've got even more guys to resign than Colorado does. It just, there just weren't a lot of teams that had the capability of doing this. So New Jersey, right place, right time. And this is why you hoard your cap space. Um, someone said, well, the Leafs could have been hoarding their cap space. It could have had P.K. Subban, which is true. But uh, last summer they got John Tavares for nothing. Mm-hmm. So that's why the, the Leafs hoarded their cap space and cashed all in for that. So yeah, exactly. uh, it, it, looking back, probably the right decision. So, yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I, I think it was a great trade for New Jersey. People said Nashville didn't get enough. I understand why they did it, though. They were a little defense heavy. They think they can, uh, they can find a few more goals by going out and doing things this way. I understand Nashville's perspective, but great deal for New Jersey. Yeah, and Chris Johnston has uh, basically went on the 31 uh, Thoughts podcast with uh, Elliot Friedman and said that uh, Duchesne to Nashville is a done deal. Yeah, well, Duchesne's wanted to be there for a long time. He was kind of hoping to go there Mm -hmm. when Colorado traded him to Ottawa. Uh, He was hoping to go there when Ottawa traded him to Columbus. Uh, Now he's finally in firm control of his own destiny. I would suspect that he he winds up there. Uh, An interesting one, because... David Poyle and Nashville make a lot of mistakes. Yes. An interesting one there is Kyle Turris. It appears as though at least this past season was uh, a pretty bad mistake. They've got five years left on that at six million bucks per. That might be the next one where someone has to, you know, give up a first round draft pick to get out of something. But the, the Nashville may not have to cross that bridge until next offseason. Yeah. Because Roman Yossi is an unrestricted free agent next offseason, which is another reason, by the way, as to why they moved PK. I just remember when I first started using Twitter back in like 2010 and I, I did things like I followed athletes, even though mm-hmm. um, they don't really have a ton to say. For yeah, the, the, the vast majority of them say much. Like, uh, I think yeah. the only uh, active pro athlete that I follow on Twitter, I follow a bunch on Instagram because mm-hmm. there's more on there. But the only active pro athlete I follow on Twitter is LeBron James, just because everything he says is somewhat relevant. True. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't I don't think I follow. Oh, Roberto Luongo, I follow because he's funny. True. But that's that's about it for the active pro athletes that I follow. Paul Bissonnette used to be pretty good on Twitter, but now he doesn't really do Twitter much anymore because he's got the Spit and Chicklets podcast, right? So uh, mm-hmm. so he was that. But yeah, I used to follow, be like, oh man, I can follow Matt Duchesne, see what he tweets about. And then he would always just tweet about country music and stuff like that. And, yeah. and, and hanging out in Nashville. And this is back in 2010. And eventually I was like, I don't need to follow Matt Duchesne anymore. <laughs> like, all he does is tweet about country music. So that's not, so obviously he enjoys that scene. So a trip down yeah. down to Nashville. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. Um, Colorado versus Nashville next year would be very interesting, I think. That would be a fun series. Uh, yeah, just based on that. Uh, I'll be all right. Um, I'll be cheering for Nashville less just because the main reason that I was cheering for them was I just wanted to, like – Nashville to win the Stanley Cup and someone to buy a billboard of P.K. Subban holes in the Stanley Cup to put it outside the Bell Center. Yeah, but, yeah. Now you got to wish yeah. for the devils to do that. Yeah, I know. It's not as fun. It's yeah, not yeah, nearly no, as fun. It's not as fun at all. Just but like, now you get the uh, P.K. Subban it. outside of the Bell Center and Taylor Hall outside of uh, whatever they call the rink in Edmonton, so you get a twofer. Uh, but still. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're looking to troll Canadian fan bases yeah. with their former stars winning the Cup. Yeah, the Connor McDavid Memorial 
arena after he mm-hmm. gets, you know, dies. Whatever it is. And, and someone's going to say, well, he someone... in, that c- in that city. Yeah. Someone may say, well, how'd the Leaf fans feel when Kessel won the Cup? Uh, the awesome. Leaf fans all felt great because yeah. they, they, were success- they were happy that Phil was successful. And the reason the Leafs traded Phil Kessel was because they were trying to lose games on purpose. Montreal and Edmonton were trying to win and made those trades. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I mean, it's kind of weird because... I guess, I guess Bergevin has kind of, sort of. He's made a, not... a series of pretty good moves yeah. since that, and, but and that also... will always define his tenure, I think. Yeah, but especially all... if the Weber contract ages poorly, which I suspect it will. Yeah, but more that's... so than it already has. The the PK Subban decline now. Last year he was hurt a little bit, so who knows? Mm-hmm. So the decline, if if it continues. Bergevin could point to, you know, well, this is exactly why I didn't want to yeah. sign him to that sort of a deal, right? Which, you know, retroactively makes him correct, but at the time, it was one of the most abysmal trades we've ever, we, we've yeah. just ever seen. And uh, Montreal will have Shea Weber for seven plus million on his on the salary cap. He's forty one years old, so like the pain hasn't like the True. pain started for Montreal a little bit. I.e., PK being nominated for the Norris last season, going to the Stanley Cup final the year before. Mm-hmm. The pain started a little bit for Montreal, but uh, uh, the the worst is yet to come on that deal. That's true, but uh, they're making smart moves uh, of just mm-hmm. like all of their good. They've players made a are few. Young. Yeah, yep, like, all, they, all their good players are young. Right? They've made a few very good ones. Um, I said at the time, and I was one of the few who said it that uh, I kind of like Domi for Galchenyuk, and now like you're looking back on it, that looks yeah. great. Well, we, uh, we we both said on this podcast, or we we posited that that was a perfect move for those two. Like it, it was just a perfect like let's trade these two guys who are very unhappy in these situations. And then Max Domi, we knew, was a guy who wants the spotlight, wants the 47 microphones and cameras in his face shoved after the games, wants the wants the media on him, can handle Montreal and whatnot. Whereas, like, Alex Kachenia, I pictured, like, you know, hanging up his jersey in, in Arizona and looking to his left and seeing nothing and then looking to his right and seeing nothing and then just being like, oh, this is nice, <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> right? like, and, and, yeah, it, and we, we did like that trade, whereas everybody, I mm-hmm. believe, was – banging on Berger at Berger yeah. time for that. And, but, and, and I, I just kind of looked at some of Domi's numbers and you're like, okay, he's probably not going to shoot 7% next year, which he certainly didn't like yeah. that kind of lives. A few other things like that. And plus they've got, uh, after this season, they've got two more years before he's got uh, UFA rights. So mm-hmm. uh, looking at Montreal's cap sheet, yeah. Uh, obviously, Weber, you kind of circle that, and you're like, I don't know about this, and that this obviously could go poorly. And Carl Alsner, that's contract, is just every negative word you can say that one was bad as soon as the ink was dry yeah price probably not a great deal but they had to sign it they had no other choice yeah, like, I, can't, I can't be critical in retrospect no. like, they're like like uh, basically the deal was okay you either give carry price this or you lose carry price for nothing that was the conversation and they chose to do this so i can't blame them for that no. um but it's, it's a relatively clean capture than that like the only other guys that make any money jeff petrie that's fine uh andrew shaw that has actually gone better than i thought it was going to brendan gallagher's a star that guy's really beauty. Good. He's an absolute yeah. beauty. Very, 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 very good NHL player. Uh, the Thomas Tatar and Nick Suzuki for match pack Jaretti thing, like, whoo. Yeah. That has that ever worked out for Bergevin? Very nicely. Like, yeah. would have been very good for the Golden Knights, but geez, has that ever worked out for Bergevin? I mean, wow. that was one that I, that was one that I think when it happened, I was like, that, I, I, like, I'm on the wrong side of history on that one so far, because mm. that one came out and I was like, bad. But I mean, like, my logic was sound. Tatar was healthy scratched by the friggin', uh, yeah, uh, by, by in the, the playoffs, Knights so. the entire time in the playoffs. Although I did 
defend it by saying, well, it's not as bad as three first rounds or whatever it was. that uh, the it, was, uh, it was a one, a two, and a three for yeah, Tatar. For Tatar, So right? yeah. to me, there, there was one team that uh, misappropri- well, uh, uh, misappropriated Thomas Tatar's value. They did it twice. That was the Golden Knights. Yeah. A team that's done basically everything right for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave up a one, a two, and a three for Tatar. And then you put in Tatar as an afterthought to get Pacioretty. Because and both of those have gone poorly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would like to. I would think that if you offered Montreal a second and Suzuki, they might have just taken that for Pacioretty, knowing they had to move him. Mm-hmm. So, but get, Vegas needed to get Tatar's money out of there. Just uh, bizarre situation. But somehow Montreal and Detroit both made out like bandits on a Thomas Tatar trade, <laughs> and, and Vegas traded him twice and looked foolish both times. Yeah, so weird, so weird. And like the Knights. I mean, don't look now, but if you look at their cap-friendly page... Oh, their, their cap-friendly page, like... they got some they, moving to do. <laughs> yeah, they've got, they've got some work to do, and we'll yeah. talk about that. Like, well, we'll talk about that right now, then we'll get to what actually going to happen in the draft. Yeah. But, like, A, I, and I said it, uh, you know, here, and I, I've said it elsewhere, uh, I gave them a ton of credit for, okay, we got to the Stanley Cup final, but they realized every single thing when it went as well as it possibly could for us. Mm-hmm. So our plan to insulate against the way that things are going to regress, which they will, is go get a bunch of guys who are better players. Mm-hmm. That is a very good plan. So you bring in your Paul Stasny's, your Max Pacioretty's, etc. And then you go get Mark Stone at the deadline. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic decision making all the way around. Uh, they lose a seven game series that in overtime. Yeah. 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 And you know, you look back, and I understand they gave up. A bunch Four. of power play goals. Yeah. I, I, I get that, but you look back and say to yourself, should they really have had that five-minute power play to kill? Mm-hmm. Either way. Yeah, um, I'm less sympathetic to their cause just because of the four goals, and they were up 3-1 in the series too, right? Uh, they were up yes. 3-1 in the series. They lost two of the two of the three on the back end uh, in OT. Uh, yeah. The worst Which, one was game six was the one where they just completely dominated the show. Like the Sharks had no business being in that game, and then – I think it was Hurdle slapped home a uh, yep. a overtime goal in Game Six, yep. and yeah. uh, and Martin Jones, who was terrible at the start of that series, was very good in those last three games. Well, yeah. not even very. He was very good, and very very good in Game Six, and he was a salvageable NHL goalie in Games Five and Seven. Yeah. Uh, but that's all the Sharks needed a lot of the time this season. True. So. Yeah. Well, we were saying all they needed was average goaltending, and they yeah. were probably a couple. And they got it for two rounds. And yeah. I, you know what? I'll even say like. They, they got it like Jones was fine against St. Louis. He wasn't the reason they lost. No, they lost because St. Louis is very good. Yeah, uh, but yeah, they the, the Golden Knights good on them for uh, really going for it. But yeah, you look at the cap sheet and all of a sudden you've got Carlson for nearly six. And I, I like William Carlson a lot, very good player. And I, you got no reason to not sign that deal. Marsha Show at five, great contract. Mm-hmm. Smith at five, Stazing at six and a half, Pacioretty at seven. Stone at nine and a half, but again, I think Stone's one of the best players in the league. So, like, you sign that contract every time. Um, and then, you know, over the defense, you've got Schmidt at nearly six. You've got Theodore at more than five. Like, these are these are long deals. Like, this is going to be their group for a while, but they may have to trade some people. I I would love the Leafs to try to get Colin Miller on a discount here. Mm-hmm. I would love that, but I don't know if that's what's going to happen. But that he'd be a perfect fit for Toronto. I'd be thrilled if that happened. Yeah, all right. Um, yeah, the, the night's cap space was pretty funny to me. It's just, it it's like, just, yeah, the fact that they went from having no money committed to yeah, uh, having, like, the tightest cap situation in the league. Yeah. Right now, their projected cap hit for this coming season, and they've got a full roster, is $89 million. Trouble with that is the cap is 81 and a half. Yeah. So <laughs> you've got to clear, clear $7.5 bucks. Again, 
it's not like they have to sign anyone. They don't have any really important RFAs that are going to cost money, like maybe Nikita Gusev, depending on what you think of him. But yeah, they they need to get some talent that costs less than what they have right now, and they got to do it quickly. And yeah, if I'm the the the, I just really hope the Leafs can go try to get Colin Miller on a discount. That would be thrilling for me. I just like the idea of the Golden Knights calling up the Florida Panthers and the Panthers just being like, well, 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 <laughs> look who's come crawling back, eh? <laughs> yeah. And I love the idea of the Golden Knights somehow fleecing them again, despite the fact that they have zero leverage. All right, looks like we have to get rid of one of our expensive guys. Any chance you can give us a guy who's better than him that makes less money? Oh, you can? Okay. Uh <laughs> Um, if that if that Florida deal never happens, this whole Vegas run never happens. No. Mark Stone's playing for someone else. Max Pacioretty's playing for someone else. Paul Stasny's playing for someone else. I'm I'm into it too though, because like you you and I have been we obviously we're both uh, degenerate gamblers, so we love the city of Vegas and mm-hmm. we've always wanted them to get a team, and we were incredibly happy that it was the 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 NHL that finally <laughs> pulled the trigger on this and and. The fact that they've had this crazy run, I wonder if the Knights, when when the Raiders finally get to there, I I wonder. I know football is king in the states. I I just wonder if the Knights will still be the the the. I think they will be in that city from I mean, the perspective it, of it's it, the, of they were there first and they had the deep run and the Raiders will be terrible when they get yes, there. Probably. and yeah. the, the Ra- like the Raiders are gonna the Raiders gonna feel like someone else's team. Like oh yeah, the Raiders, the same yeah. colors I've seen like for my entire life yeah, in the NFL. Yeah, black, right? Yeah. But this doesn't feel like our team. Whereas the, the Golden Knights are actually like you know they, 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 they've yeah. never been anywhere this man. It feels like their team. So I think exactly. I think they have that going for them. Just tough though. Football's just king down in the states. Yeah. Um, we've been dancing around it a little bit. Um. We'll try to not spend uh, too much time on it. Where's the uh, Mitch Marner meter at for Craig Needles right now? Here's where the Mitch Marner meter. Like, I, I want the Leafs to keep him, yeah. obviously. Why, yeah. It, 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 I don't yeah. see how this – there are a lot of outcomes here, and not that many of them are horribly negative for the Leafs. True. If Mitch Marner goes and signs an offer sheet and Darren Dreger, who – I don't think is telling the truth, but Darren Dreger, his source, I believe, is Mitch Marner's father. Yeah. Uh, oh, he's going to sign a five-year, fourteen million dollar contract uh, offer sheet with with some team on 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 July first. If that's what ha- if that's what happens, okay, yeah, good on him. I, I'll, yeah, you, you know what? Match good for team. good for Mitch. You yeah. you got paid. You got paid. I hope you you do very well. We're going to take the four first, and we're going to have a ton of cap space. Yeah, and let's see what we can do with that. I just I the offer sheet thing to me. I hate that we we hear this every year. I'm I'm so sick of it. Nobody ever friggin' does. We we need to have like like if nobody does it this year, because this is the absolute year that you are ever gonna do it, Craig. And I still think when it's all said and done, everybody's gonna resign with their teams and nobody's gonna move anywhere. RFA. There will be no offer sheets. No one's matching any offer sheet. There just isn't yep. gonna be such a thing. And there just won't be such a thing. I we need to have a funeral of some sort for offer sheets. Because it's ridiculous. Like it's yeah. It's just never and here's here's if, if someone was serious about oh yeah we're gonna do an offer sheet yeah. And they really wanted to get a star player. Marner, to me, isn't the guy you go after. You know who you do? Sebastian Ajo. Okay. Because this is how you, this is how you structure the offer sheet. Mm-hmm. You say, Sebastian Ajo, you've got a, a, a cap hit of, uh, of $9 bucks a year. And it's a four-year deal. And the first two years of that, 
you get signing bonuses of eight and a half million bucks on July 1st, or the day you sign the contract on July 1st of next year. Carolina can't trade Sebastian Ajo for a year and after he signs an after they match an offer sheet. So one could, hypothetically, and in this case, very menacingly, say, Carolina Hurricanes, if you want to match your offer sheet for Sebastian Ajo, that's cool. But over the next 12 months plus a day, you owe him nearly 20 million bucks. Mm-hmm. Can you afford that? Nope. <laughs> you probably can't. You can make it even more than 20 million bucks if you wanted. Mm-hmm. And there are some NHL teams that couldn't afford to put that offer sheet out there, but some really could. Let's just say, and like, you know, this is getting insane, but let's just say Marner gets an offer sheet from someone and goes and signs it. Couldn't the least do the same thing to Ajo? Yeah. Because they could front load all those signing bonuses, no problem. I, like that's the thing. If Martyr does it, which again I don't think he will, because I think this is all just. I, don't, I, I think that we're. I just we're, we're blowing smoke here because I don't think anyone's signing an offer sheet. But no, it's all nonsense. It's all nonsense yeah. talk. It happens once. It, like who was the last guy to do? It? Was it Shea Weber or somebody? Like Shea that? Weber and or Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, O'Reilly signed one as well. And Calgary uh, biffed it when they signed yes. Ryan O'Reilly, and they were friggin' lucky that the Avs matched. I remember yeah, being Colorado could have not matched and just like let Ryan O'Reilly go somewhere yeah. on waivers and got the draft picks, which. Yeah. I look at looking back, I'm like, you probably just just should have done that. And oh, just they, like, abs- they absolutely should have. And like he he had 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 absolutely burned the bridge because that's been to me. I've really enjoyed the the Blues winning. Obviously, thank you, St. Louis, because I just couldn't live through another duck boat parade in Boston, uh, especially with Brad Marchand. Also, you know, Brad Marchand crying dot gif forever. Yeah. Um, but like. <laughs> Ryan O'Reilly winning the Conn Smythe did stick in my craw just a little bit, but then I was like, yeah, well, the alternate door is Boston winning the title, yeah. so, so yeah. I'll take it, but I don't have to like it completely, you know, right? Yeah. Like, and I will say O'Reilly was the right vote as opposed to some oh, of those absolutely. Conn Smythe votes. You're like, why did you do this? Yeah, like, like, I'm still, I, I still would, 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 would 100% tell you that Phil the only Kessel. reason, yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I was yeah. going to bring up. Yeah. If Phil Kessel was nicer to Toronto media, he would have won the Conn Smythe in 2016, not Sidney Crosby. He was the best player. It was. I remember yep. when they announced Sidney Crosby. I uh, I remember I tweeted cowards, and then I think I tweeted a picture of like, uh, I, I think I equated it to John Cena being like a 19-time champion or whatever, just because he was the face of the WWE at the time, and and Crosby was the face. And I was just like, ah, oh, you cowards! It was Castle. He was clearly the best player for Pittsburgh the entire way. Um, yeah, it was. It was. It was a sham. That that like Crosby's got several other non-sham consmice, but that one was yeah. that one was Kessel's. But what are you gonna do? Um, Actually, I believe that's that's his only one. Crosby. Shut up. Am yep. I remembering that incorrect? Oh, so I guess you are not remembering that incorrect. Of Jenny of Malkin, Malkin has the other had, two. Has the other two? God, I he has Jerry the other. He has two. One. No, he has he has he has both. He had the uh, and the three cups. Uh, Malkin has two. Crosby has one. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, hmm. All right. Um, anything else you want to say about the Leafs? Oh, sorry. No, I take that back. I'm sorry. Malcolm finished second 2017. I looked it up. Oh, Crosby, Crosby. Crosby got one in 2017. Right, so it should be. Anyways. Then. Yeah, yeah. All right. So it definitely should be. Anyway. Uh, anything else you want to say about the Leafs? Um, the Marlowe deal was a very, very expensive yes. price to pay, yes. but the Leafs are trying to win the Stanley Cup and they're trying to win the Stanley Cup this season. They had basically no choice. Yeah. And it's not bad. I mean, you and I joked a little bit when we were watching the draft and stuff about how somebody needs to do a sketch like maybe Steve Dangle or somebody of that ilk needs to do a sketch where they buy a jersey uh, of whatever team they cheer for with the with the name cap space written on the back and then you talk about it as if cap space is an actual 
person that will play for your team, right? And, you know, and, and just you know have jokes like, oh, you know, once you get cap space on your team, you know, you're you're, you're incredibly flexible. He, you know, he, he opens up the door for a lot of other people to walk through and that sort of a thing. Just you know, and just have a, the joke go on like that. But yeah, cap space seemed to be the 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 most prevalent thing that people were after. Um, last thing we'll say on the Leafs: Did you happen to catch the Don Cherry letter? Yes. <laughs> The Don Terry Manifesto. The, yeah, the little... Oh, well, why are you not dropping any good Ontario boys? Yeah, it's so And, bad. like, he's talking about size and whatnot. And let's yeah. just, like... It, like, here's what I want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the best team in the regular season was Tampa Bay. The best team in the postseason. Like, you know, it's St. Louis, but that's that's a yeah. coin flip. Shall we quickly go through the heights of the, the heights and weights of the players in the Boston Bruins roster? Do you want to do in that? Oh, Again, yeah. they're the they're the, the big bad Bruins, right? Yeah, such. Yeah, crap. they're the, yeah they're they're yeah they're the or maybe they're not so much the big bad Bruins. No. Maybe they just got a bunch of guys who are very 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 good at hockey on their team. Yeah, is that possible? I mean, today Chara kind of wrecks the curb on that, but yeah. Yeah, other than, I, I was yeah. going to say, other than Chara, let's just go through the roster real quick and talk about heights and weights, shall we? Mm-hmm. Because this is uh, like. And even like there goes out of control. The notion, other than Chara, and Bacchus, who was a healthy scratch several games, there's no one. Oh, Brandon Carlo was six foot five. Everyone else is like in the six foot range. Uh, Other than Chara, there is no one on the roster who weighs more than two fifteen. And then again, if you eliminate Brandon Carlo and David Bat, because they're kind of like the outliers in the roster, you don't have anyone who got. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like I said, back, back is the healthy scratch. You don't, you like you, those guys are the outliers on the roster. You don't have anyone that plays significant minutes and weighs more than two hundred pounds. Sean Corrali weighs two thirteen, but he plays on the fourth line. Like Tory Krug, five nine, one eighty six. You know what Tory Krug's really good at? Hockey. Yeah. Jake DeBrusque, like not a huge guy, six foot one eighty eight. You know, but he can play. Obviously, Matt Gritzelik, he's five nine, one seventy four. Turns out he's pretty good at hockey too. Like, I just, this narrative bugs me that, oh, the Bruins, they push everyone around the playoffs. No, they didn't. The no. Bruins won because they had the puck a lot. Absolutely. Other than against Toronto, where Toronto had the puck slightly more than the Bruins did a five-on-five, five, uh, they just had the puck way more than everyone else did. And that's why they're good. Yeah, it's and, and like, I it, people will talk about this Blues team. Like, there's some sort of big hook and all oh, the Blues. They yeah, they've, got, they've got some dudes who got some muscle, but at the same time. But they're not a, but, but like. No, this is not the 1975 Philadelphia Flyers. No, and it's like people talk about Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly, the guy who's got, like, nine Lady Bing trophies. That's the guy that, yeah, like, nah. like, like, like. Brian O'Reilly is just very, very good at playing hockey. Yes, and he's got. That's 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 Brian O'Reilly's deal. Brian O'Reilly is six one two sixteen, a big yeah. guy. Yeah, the, the the Blues were a bigger team than Boston. Yeah. Absolutely. And like but I I, I, I the Blues like look look at this way. Are we talking about how big and tough the Blues are if Dallas scores in Game Seven of that second round series? Exactly. Yeah. Or are we talking about oh look at how small all four teams got to the Stanley Cup uh, the Conference Finals were. Carolina, Dallas, San Jose, other than Thornton, and Boston, other than Char. Like, that's what we're, like, we're talking about, wow, small scale. Like, the Blues, very good team. They deserve to win. Good for them. I'm, I'm not saying they didn't. But the idea that, well, that's the only way you win. Do you have to have guys like that? I'm sorry. It's just not true. Look at the Penguins teams who just won multiple Stanley Cups. They didn't have anyone lumbering around. They just had all guys who could skate all over the place. And here's the other thing about those Penguins teams. Did they, they won the Stanley Cup, obviously, because they had Crosby, Malkin, and Kessel. Those guys were all good. But they had some fines in the draft. Gensel and Russ and Shiri. 
the exact type of dudes that the Leafs just took. Yeah. Smaller guys who filled the net wherever they played junior. And those are like the kinds of diamonds in the rough that you need if you're going to have a roster filled with stars making big money, i.e. the Leafs. You need to find, you need to kind of take those home run swings in the in the draft and say, hey, if this guy can play second line this for us for two years, making you know a million and a half dollars, we're made in the shape. Don't take a guy like, well, hopefully you can play in the fourth line. Forget that. Like, why, why would you do that? You can find guys who can play in the fourth line for that million bucks who've already played on several NHL fourth lines for several years. You can just go sign those guys in free agency. Guys who can play up the lineup for cheap, that's the most valuable commodity in hockey. So you can you use your draft picks to try to find guys like that. You don't just try to find fourth liners. I mean, it turns out scoring is important in hockey. Yeah, what yeah. Say, right? And you know what? You know what the best way to not get scored on is? Yeah. Have the puck. puck. Yeah. Yeah. If the other teams, puck. if the other teams not shooting, the odds of them scoring are low. And like, who had more grit and sandpaper than the Calgary Flames this year, right? Mm-hmm. And then what happened to them? <laughs> like out they in five because they couldn't yep. score goals. Like, yeah. And the yeah. Avalanche, and look, like, by game five, same. the Avalanche were spinning the puck on their fingers. Like, yes. it was it was and, ridiculous. And, and I'll say this, Colorado played great in that series. I think if you played that series over uh, nine more times, Calgary probably wins six. Yeah. But, because I think the Flames are a good team. But, like, yeah, the idea that, oh, yeah, you just got to go beat people up all the time. That's not the way things work. Yeah. And even Calgary's beat people up guys. Like, oh, yeah, we have Matt Kachuk. Like, Kachuk isn't, he's not the same size as his dad. No. And you know what else Kachuk's really good at? Scoring right. goals. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's that's important, too. So, yeah, I'm not... A very uh, important one for my London Knights. Yeah, there you go. So, I'm I'm not uh, I, I'm not on board with, well, here's uh, here's the way you win games is you... Yeah, well, forget that. Forget that. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the draft. Uh, we, we don't have to get into pick-by-pick. Pick. Obviously, Jack Hughes is incredible. Capo Caco is probably going to be... Uh, super awesome. I, I think it's great that they went to. I like. I, obviously, the Avs had the best odds of winning the draft from Ottawa's pick, so I'm a little upset we didn't end up with those guys. But it's cool that they both went to New York and New Jersey. So perhaps that'll that be becomes, fun. Perhaps that becomes a cool rivalry to ignite those two mm-hmm. uh, teams again. Um, I got. Yeah, probably got the Avs. I think got the third best player in the draft. I agree, and I gotta tell you, I had watched exactly zero Bowen Byram footage on YouTube mm-hmm. because I just was like, Chicago's gonna take him, so I didn't entertain it. So I was watching a lot of Kirby Doc and Alex Turcott footage, and I'd kind of settled on Turcott, and then all of a sudden the Chicago Blackhawks took Kirby Doc, and uh, some people thought that oh, Colorado might pass on Byram because they've got uh, they, they they've got McCarr already, and they've got uh, Samuel the kid they got from Nashville, they got they got a few smooth skating defensemen already. I'm like, well, you know what's better than two smooth skating defensemen who know how to play? Three. Yeah. So exactly. this is this is not the NFL. This is not to a lesser extent uh, the NBA, where draft. Like, I hate drafting for position, no matter which sport you're in. But with yeah. the NFL, I can sort of like figure it out. Like, oh, okay, we probably don't need two free safeties that are really good. Let's try to find something else to spend this pick on. Mm-hmm. Whereas the NHL, unless you're talking about a goalie, which never draft a goalie high, I don't care who he is. Yeah. Uh, unless you're talking about the goaltender, you need a bunch of guys that play the same spot all the time. Yeah. So maybe just find the best guys. And also the abs based on the trade that they made today. And we, we can probably talk about that. Um, they have about a three year window right now where it's three, possibly four. I'm not sure how what the back end is on, on McKinnon's deal, but 
they basically have a three. Like, uh, Nathan McKinnon has, from a franchise perspective, I think the best contract in sports. Right uh, now? Yeah, I, I, if you if you don't, if you take rookie contract out of the deal. Yeah. Because, like, you know, guys on, for, and, and baseball is mm-hmm. nutty that way, obviously. But, yeah. like, you know, Zion Williamson probably is the the leader in the clubhouse there right now. But, yeah, if you're talking about guys who have signed more than one pro contract, I would say that's a reasonable that's yeah. a reasonable. And the abs are paying him nothing, relatively speaking, to yeah. They're paying him six million bucks, which like yeah, you know that's 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 half of what the or six point three, which is like you know a little more than half what the Leafs are playing paying off to Matthews. They have top four, top two in the league. He's he's very very good. They have four seasons left of Nathan McKinnon on that ticket. Yeah, so that's a four-year window that you got to make moves. Yeah. So, so within yeah. those four seasons where you have Nathan McKinnon on that ticket, you've got two years of Kale McCarr, who obviously their bonus you can hit, but making about eight hundred eighty grand. Yeah, you'll have three years, you would think, of Bowen Byram making a not dissimilar number of dollars. Mm-hmm. So you've got a real nice window here, and other than that. The cap sheet is very, very clean at this point in our lives. So mm-hmm. the one contract that you looked at, and you're like, I don't know about this, was Soderberg. And guess what? Yeah. He, they just got a third round pick for him. Yeah. So you know, um, like, I don't know. They're hoping they can plug in on the third line that might be able to do some stuff playing around, like I don't know, like Rantanen or Landeskog. I, I yeah, not those so, guys, but well, he, uh, Conant plays plays defense. I don't I, honestly, yeah. I don't know if Conant gets NHL minutes this season because yeah, they got a bunch of guys who are good. But that's not that, that's not important. What's important is they've got they they they've got a couple of key RFA's obviously in Ranton yeah. and, and Comfer, and those guys are probably going to get some money, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Comfer has Arbrights, which is a, a pretty good thing to have in his favor. So does Kerfoot, but still, they are. Um, they're in a really good spot, so you go do things now. So, yeah. yeah. Do you back the Brinks truck up for Artemi Panarin, as has been rumored? Yeah. yeah. To ask. And Artemi Panarin, I think, has made it pretty clear that he wants to live on the East Coast somewhere. That that appears to be his, his, his modus operandi, either Florida or New York. Mm-hmm. But you can, you can ask. Yeah. Well, you can say, like, hey, what do you think of this? I read something. I don't know how credible it was, but I had I had read something, and I heard people mention this. And I think I heard Elliot Freeman or somebody of that ilk mention this on, on one of the hockey podcasts I listen to. It's tough to keep track of them all. Uh, but they, they'd mentioned that apparently living in a, a city that has a Russian population in it is very important to Artemi Panarin. So that basically means... Okay. Both. I don't know. Other than New York, I don't know which cities have big Russian populations. Both the New York teams, Chicago, which you know does make sense, and then apparently Colorado, which I really? had, which I had. I didn't know there was a Russian population. I didn't know that. Like I've been cheering for Colorado my entire life, and you've been cheering for the Denver Broncos your entire life. I have never heard anything about. So maybe, maybe there is, maybe there isn't. I don't know, but allegedly, yeah. The Avalanche I, I had heard it was East Coast, but yeah, if it's Russian population, sure. And yeah. Yeah, hey, like I said, you at least can say like. Look, we can talk about numbers, but is is there a point in us pitching you numbers? Yeah. Like you at least make that phone call and yeah, see. Absolutely. You've got you've got some space, and right now Colorado has uh, forty two million dollars committed for this coming season. Yeah. So that means they've got uh, about thirty nine to spend, and they like they they've only got thirteen guys on the roster. So that means they they need to do some work with that thirty nine million dollars. But you can afford a big ticket guy there. Yeah, and at the very least, it it should make. Resigning like this uh, trading Soderberg should make resigning Ranton and basically a done deal now. Like they they can go ahead and, and more or less get that done. Unless, yeah. Now that, yeah. that that like here's the thing. Mitch Marner's uh, 
RFA contract negotiations gets a ton of attention because he's in Toronto. Yeah. They're in the Colorado's in the exact same situation. And it's, it's a not dissimilar boat. The only yeah. thing that the Avs have going for them is the, the Leafs have two 11 million ticket guys in the roster already, and Colorado doesn't have any. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so that, there's there's that part of the conversation, but uh, I, I I look at it and. Maybe Ranton's demands are just as crazy. We just don't know it. I'd be surprised, but maybe they are. Yeah, I have not heard very much about. But like, no. perhaps his camp is waiting to see what happens with Marner, right? I so, would suspect so that a lot of these guys are kind of waiting to see what's next. Yeah. 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 Uh, and it's going to be kind of interesting race to see which team, which which team says, okay, we're going to make our signing first. That's going to be very interesting. Uh, other notable first rounders that I'd like to talk about before we we shift our focus is uh the detroit red wings biffing it with uh oh god with moritz cider yeah that Sider. that one came out of nowhere see german uh, i guess um, um i mean here here's why here's why this is a bad trade or a bad draft pick um regardless of how cider turns out um I mean, if Ken Holland makes this, if Ken Holland makes this pick, he gets raked over the coals. But because it's, yes. it's Steve Eiserman, it's oh, what does he know? Uh, no, Steve Eiserman has a track record of the last few years of drafting very well in the first well. round, where Ken Holland does not. Very true. But, very true. So yeah, reputations proceed yeah. themselves. But here's why it's bad, regardless of if if Cider becomes a a future Norris Trophy winner, and if he becomes the German Nicholas Lidstrom. Um, here's why this is bad. Uh, trade down. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. More like. And maybe maybe they tried. And maybe maybe they thought that like you know maybe there was a team they identified. Okay, we can't go below blank. And maybe it was Philadelphia. Maybe it was Minnesota. I don't know which one it was. Mm-hmm. And but maybe Detroit they called the Canucks. Had, they also had thirty-five though. Like like they had the thirty-fifth pick. I gotta believe that Cider was gonna be there at thirty-five, right? Like, mm-hmm. like I saw people projecting him in the third. Yeah, I I don't know. I I, I uh, he was I think he was a first round player. Okay, but I don't know. It, I, I saw second and third a yeah. lot, but uh, who knows? Yeah, the I, yeah, yeah. They, 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 they the, the draft is a, a crapshoot, especially in well, less, like it's not the same in baseball because you can't trade your picks. But this yeah. is the sport where it's a little more random as far as what team boards are going to look like compared to other teams. But yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'd had if 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 you like cider that much, mm-hmm. you don't screw around and you think to yourself, okay, if the Canucks are into Maritz cider, then we can't get go down past ten. I don't think they were, and they apparently had put Coles in uh, third on their draft board, which is 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 okay with me. Like, if you want to say he's the third best dude, sure, you're not getting him for two years, but if that's how you feel, good, go for it. Um, so I don't know if they had a team that they just couldn't go down below, and then they they, they couldn't find the trade match with the Ducks or the Canucks or the Flyers or whoever it was. Or, well, I don't know. They, they were not doing their due diligence that they didn't at least explore the idea of let's trade down, though. That, yeah. and, and they probably should have just found a way to do it anyway. Pick up an extra fourth. Who cares? Yeah. You could just add something. You could have added something, I got to right. believe. Uh, the Habsneg and Cole Caulfield was... Uh, that is a, uh, obviously... Point, yeah. uh, I thought he was going to fall to 16 to the Avalanche. Although, once you told me what the analytics guys had to say about Alex Newhook... Newhook yeah. That was from St. John's. I was very much on board. So. Yeah, that was a guy that a lot of people liked. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, you're in a good spot there. Yeah. Uh, and again, uh, I think it's a little bit risky taking those guys out of the 
the the BC Hockey League because they haven't played the same level of competition as you know WHL guys or OHL guys or even NCAA guys. And well, I, I think Newhook's going to Boston College for a year. Yes, anyway, so yes, he is. Are going to see. Um, and and yeah. and and that's okay. I but uh, so I, I think there's a little more risk with those guys. But at 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 16 with a guy who's put up those kind of numbers, whatever, like yeah. just. Yeah, yeah, just you can take the chance and it's Who fine. The analytics guys love to. Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah, no, you can, you can with him. You just take the chance and it's okay. Uh, anything else you want to discuss NHL wise? Uh, not particularly. I think we got everything. Um, before we move on, and and I swore I'd never do this again, but we we will talk NBA. Um, the women's World Cup. We should at least briefly touch on uh, what happened in that Sweden game. I mean. Everybody, obviously, it's it's been Gretzky was trending on Twitter for God's sake, Greg, with the comparisons to to 1990, the Nagano situation, the Nagano yes, Olympics. Um, I while they're not dissimilar, I, I think it's I think it's incredibly apt. I gotta say, I don't feel like it was as egregious as 98 because a uh, Canada, our ladies, they were the second best team in that game. Period. Yeah. Like like they had one shot. In over the 90 plus minutes. Yeah. yeah, they did not have. Yeah, it was yeah. not good. They did not have a good game. Uh, there was a lot of hit and hope. I didn't. I didn't like that. Um, but uh, when it's all said and done, Christine Sinclair should have been taking that kick. Yes, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Now, like I said, I swore I'd never do this again, but I guess we'll talk NBA. Um, as of moments ago. Um, apparently, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski. Uh, claimed that uh, D'Angelo Russell is willing to return to the Lakers, Craig. So uh, th- th- this just never ends for me. Yeah. I, now, this is, I just, I hate this so much. <laughs> like, for fuck's sake. Honestly, I wouldn't if I were you. Like, the idea of D'Angelo Russell going there and shooting and, and putting up a bunch of floaters yeah. uh, from, you know, 15 feet while LeBron and Anthony Davis are not shooting the ball. Like, I, I just... We'll, we'll talk about the guy, Davis. Though. They need yeah. a third guy. They, they do, the thing, but right? I just don't like, think D'Angelo Russell is the right guy to be the third guy. D'Angelo Russell, I think, just maxed out his capability, which is best guy on a team that gets the sixth seed. Yeah. Like, that's, that's you know. I don't and, know, but if he's the third best guy on the team and he learned how to behave he, himself. Like, Zach Lowe yeah, described it as the a, Lakers sent, uh, sent their child away to boarding school and they've come back and they're going to perfectly behave. Now, right? <laughs> which is like very apt incredibly incredible stuff by zach Lowe. but like it's like like the idea of him coming back and just perfectly slotting into that third role and being their perfect like clay thompson type guy it just makes me sick to my stomach <laughs> it's just it, it truly truly makes me sick to my stomach and they deserve none of this they're 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 the white privilege of teams this is ridiculous right. they deserve none what of i will this. say is this they have a lousy management group that oh. is an in mis- they, indisputable fact, who have just derped their way to somehow getting Anthony Davis and LeBron yeah, James. They have. It, I do not put it past them to screw up the rest of the roster. Yeah, like that is very much in play here. Yeah. And here's the thing: if that, let's just say they screw up the let's just say they hypothetically screw up the rest of the roster, or they make a bunch of mistakes. They don't have draft picks to use to get out of their mistakes. They don't have draft picks to use to find guys that can be the eighth man off the bench. Draft picks are over for them for a while. I just think that we've done this dance before where it looks like the Lakers were going to be bad and be bad for a very long time. 
And then keep in mind that other than the Knicks, they've been the worst franchise in the NBA for the last five years. Please I, I think yep. I think in sports, Craig, if you're looking for a team that has been worse run than the Los Angeles Lakers, I think the only name I can come up with the top of my dome piece is the Edmonton Oilers. If, I would work that. I'd say the Knicks. I'd yeah, the Knicks. I, I mean, I guess yeah, the Knicks, because like apparently the, the the latest rumor is that they're not getting uh, hobbled Kevin Durant either. Apparently, it's going to be Kyrie and Durant going to Brooklyn. Yes, uh, uh, I, I have no idea how that's going to go. I think Durant might wind up going back to the Warriors, but yeah. um, either way, mm-hmm. the, the, I don't think the Knicks are getting anyone relevant. No, because people are looking at that situation and saying, "Oh, you know what? That's actually a train wreck, and I want no part of it." Yeah, and that's and that's like I and that's what I don't get as to why that that wasn't like that with the friggin' Lakers because it was a train wreck when it happened, and then LeBron fucking went there, and it's just it always works out for them, and that's why I, I don't buy this. But I just I'm just like yes, LeBron went there, and that no. part worked out. I'm not willing to buy. Mm-hmm. Oh well, this this team is gonna for sure be good at this point. I'm I, not. I, sold okay. on that Two and yeah they've got lebron and anthony davis are they a playoff team probably yeah well not even probably just about certainly a, unless yeah. there's a, a like series a of team uh, last year uh, nine played. misfortunes that's that's basically how it would have to go yeah. but well actually i don't even think nine like like yeah if LeBron two misfortunes. yeah if lebron yeah. gets hurt they might yeah. not make the playoffs well hey you you can have, have anthony roster. davis and a bunch of guys and not make the playoffs we've we've, we've seen it it's exactly. happened many times yeah um I just am not willing to believe that the rest of the roster is in good enough shape mm-hmm. for them to be a title contender. I just we saw we guys. saw what happened with the Warriors, and the Warriors issue was we don't have enough good players because guys are hurt. The Lakers issue would be we just don't have enough good players. Yeah. And once you got to put you know dudes like Alfonso McKinney on the floor and bless Alfonso McKinney, but he was there making a, the vet the the minimum for a reason. If you got to put a bunch of guys like that on the floor in key moments, you're going to have trouble, and that's exactly what happened to the Warriors. Mm-hmm. I I just I don't know. I think I think LeBron and, and Anthony Davis will be enough to get you over the hump. Um, I don't foresee a big challenge in the West right now for the Lakers, barring a Kawhi signing with the Clippers, and we'll get to that in a second. Because um, like it's not the Warriors. Uh, just due to injuries. It's not Houston due to the fact that they... I don't know. I just don't could trust... Be, I don't could trust be Utah? Houston. Could be Utah. Could be... Like, you could talk well, me let's into just Utah. Say, let's say... You let's talk say, me into Denver if, if Denver's got a little room there. I mean, I guess Dallas is... Uh, looks like they're... What if, what if Dallas gets Al Horford? Yeah, that's a spot. And then you have, you have, you have Chris Stapps, Porzingis, Luka Doncic, and Al Horford. Yeah, that's Plus, that's like, other guys that can play. Yeah, like something. You could make, you could make that work. Mm-hmm. And and this one's less likely because of the cap machinations. Can the Lakers? Do they have the caps? They don't have the cap space to sign a max guy, do they? They do not. Yeah. Okay. So then, like Butler or somebody would have to take a uh, have to take a big haircut for, big to haircut. go there, yeah. or the Lakers would have to trade uh, the two guys in the roster that are not uh, that are not Davis and uh, and LeBron and um, oh wait <laughs> and, and Kuzma. Yeah. They, they, have, they have two guys yeah. left. Uh, Marit, uh, Mo Wagner and I forget the other guy, but basically yeah. they're making relative peanuts to the NBA. But they could hypothetically mm-hmm. carve out almost a max slot with that. But yeah, the Lakers will not be giving anyone else a max slot barring a sign and trade. And yeah. I don't think that anyone's going to help them out that way. Um, the Portland Trail Blazers mm-hmm. getting Al Horford again with the cap space machinations. Mm-hmm. That's not as simple as well. What if Dallas gets him? Yeah. But if Portland could have Al Horford, CJ McCollum, and Yusuf Nurkic on the floor together at the same time, that is difficult. Yeah. 
that's a difficult situation. Maybe that's the best team in the West. Possibly, possibly. I don't know. I just I'm, I'm gonna put my like obviously I'm not gonna watch basketball next year because uh, why would I do that to myself? But like uh, I, I it's gonna take a lot. Raptors go for two in a row. Yeah, there you go. I hope so. I mean, the Kawhi... hey, if, if, if if they rec- if, honestly, and I will say this right now, yeah, if Kawhi stays in Toronto. Mm-hmm. I truly believe the Raptors should be the gambling favorites going into next season. I think they will be. I mean, they probably won't be odds-wise just because the Lakers will have so much public money. Public but money, yes. you guys will be two at worst, yep. I would think. Because, yep. um, like, Milwaukee's going to get worse. Milwaukee's going to lose a couple of guys. The Sixers, the, 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 the Sixers are the team that worry me the most, but the Sixers yeah. are probably going to – like, they're, like, they're, they're going to lose at least – Mm-hmm. two of Butler, Raddick, and Harris, you would think. Yeah, I think they lose Harris. I, If I had to place money right now, I think Butler re-signs because I think I – think, Yeah, uh, I think that's reasonable yeah, to say. That just I think seems... that, Reddick, that, that just doesn't leave enough a lot of the pie for Reddick and Harris. Is what True. It just makes so much sense and to me that Butler – here's the other back. thing that we saw with the Raptors at other teams. Like, mm-hmm. towards the end of that series, when yeah. Philadelphia's starters weren't on the floor, that was a real problem for them. Yeah. That was a real problem for them. Yeah. So they, yeah, they'd have to find some, some, some dudes on the bench that can help them out. Um, I mean, the Celtics, there were rumors about them. Like uh, the every move that they made at the draft uh, made sense to open up cap space for a max guy. Um, so you. I just don't. Kemba I don't know Walker, that. Kemba Walker. Yeah, Kemba Walker maybe. Around, which would um, make sense. And then you think that. I I heard Kemba Walker and then I kind of looked it up and I was like wow he was because like Kemba Walker had always been one of those like borderline he, he was never like a super duper star type of guy right Kemba Walker won me a lot of money one time yes uh, I that. UConn. yes uh, uh so I looked it up and I'm like you know what his numbers are actually superstar numbers and I was like oh, yeah, no, wow he's, he's quite... how did that happen oh yeah Charlotte where nobody Charlotte. pays attention to what goes uh, on that said he apparently likes Charlotte he likes the franchise yeah. and I would suspect that they can sign uh, him to the Supermax they yeah, can yeah, sign him Max. I don't know if they'll sign him to the full Supermax, but uh, yeah. he'll, he'll if, if he does not want to play with Charlotte going yeah. forward, he'll be leaving a lot of money on the table. True. Uh, and the, Well, apparently, I think I heard Mark Stein tweeting earlier today that it was Kemba, Kemba was, was listening to offers from Boston and Dallas, which if you're Kemba, you at least take those phone calls, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. Like, Dallas, like... Once again, Mark Cuban's got them in a great spot. Turns yep. out if you get Chris Stapp's Porzingis for not much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> turns out turns out that makes your franchise a lot more attractive. The Knicks real again, quick. man. Moving Porzingis to set themselves up for, like, honestly, two, two months ago it was what? It was Zion, it was KD, and it was Kyrie. Yeah. And they were going to be the, the, the favorite to win the... They'll probably to, go over yeah. on those. And, yeah, and it's going to be RJ Barrett. And, look, I, 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 I like RJ Barrett. You, yeah, I think they're going to call you and me. Just to, yeah. you know, to, we, we might get some playing here's, time. Correct? Here's the, the players yeah. of the Knicks have under contract right now. Yeah. Tim Hardaway for $18.5 million, $5 million oh, which they took that on to get. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That. Uh, Courtney Lee. Yeah. Same thing. $12 million bucks. Not yeah. good. Dwight Powell, $10 million bucks. Oh, sorry. I'm, excuse me. I'm, I'm looking at the Mavericks. Excuse me. I, I had Hardaway on the brain because uh, I, oh, yeah, the Mavericks took Hardaway on to get uh, um to get Porzingis. Porzingis, yeah. Uh, excuse me. The the New York Knicks actual cap space, excuse me, um, okay. after that trade, they don't have a lot. They've got uh, Frank Niklina uh, for 4.8. Frank Smith. Smokes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin Knox, 4 million. So they, they don't have a lot, of, uh, a lot tied up as far as what's actually on the roster. Yeah. But it turns out that 
going hand in hand with not having a lot of money tied up with what's actually on the roster is uh, they have no good players. Uh, so you add RJ Barrett to that mix. I would suspect that it's going to be another tanking season for the Knicks. Yeah. I, don't, I just don't see their way out of that. Even yeah. if they sign Kevin Durant, it's a taking season. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. It's like they're at this point with the Knicks. The hope is you sign Durant and you tank. That's 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 like that's the A level scenario. That's the dream scenario for the New York Knicks as of you and me having this conversation. Is they bring in Kevin Durant, Durant sits out for a year and you just And they come back with whoever they get in the draft, Barrett and Durant the following season. Yeah, exactly. That is And and they probably still at that point they would still have a max slot open in all likelihood that they bring someone else in next summer. Yeah, who knows? I, I, I'm not sure who the 2020 free agents are going to be in the NBA, but, you know, you assume that there'll be some names out there. Oh, I know there are. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I asked you about the Mitch Marner meter. Where's the Kawhi Leonard meter uh, for Craig Needles these days? I'm feeling very good about that. I, I think so, although despite Mark Stein's little... Uh, that that, to... that tweet was clearly... Like, like, who wrote that tweet? Was it Rob Palinka? Did Rob Palinka write that tweet for Mark Stein? Yeah, I... Like, I... It just it makes it makes no sense on many 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 levels. Let yeah. let us begin to count the ways. Yeah. One, the Lakers have nothing even approaching a max salary cap yeah. slot. You done? You don't need to go on, Craig. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Anyway, I probably but, but please I probably continue don't. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Does Kawhi strike you as a guy who wants to be on the same team as Anthony Davis and LeBron James? Fuck no. <laughs> like now, uh, that's, Does Kawhi that's... strike you as a guy who wants to be in the middle of uh, like let's just say yeah. that a team with those three guys has a, a four game losing skid in December? Yeah. Does Kawhi strike you as a guy who wants to be in the middle of that? No, but like. Kawhi also strikes me as a guy who just gives zero fucks and will just do whatever Kawhi Leonard feels like yeah. doing, right? But, so, like, but, but and if he feels like going to the Lakers, it, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, though, that's motivated by winning basketball games. True. So, to, to me, this is the situation for Kawhi. If he's motivated by, I want to go play at home, he's going to go play for the Clippers. Exactly, yeah. If he's motivated by one of the two following things, which I suspect he will be, he's going to stay with the Raptors. One, chance to win NBA titles. Yeah. Two. Well, he could win an NBA title if he's on that Clippers team next year, because the Clippers have like. I think I, I think that you'd rather yeah. be playing in the East but with in the East. Yes, on a yes, roster. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, I'm just saying if the Clippers do it, if Pascal the Clippers get him, is yeah. better than anyone on the Clippers roster. Fair. Yeah. Uh, I, I think is is a reasonable thing but, to like, say. The Clippers also have room to bring in another guy, and yeah. Yeah. Nah, I'm, they could fill out the roster is what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and they've Proceed. got some good pieces for cheap. I, I don't dispute that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I just... Uh, but, yeah, you're right. The the East uh, is certainly the, the, the yeah, favorable matchup. And match the, the Raptors, like, you know, the Raptors with Kawhi are better than the Clippers with Kawhi, in my estimation. Here's the, uh, thing, here's the thing you can do if you're in the Kawhi camp. Because I, I was very much in the thing of... Obviously, people kicked around the uh, the notion of a one and one with yeah. with the Raptors, which makes perfect sense because it'll allow Kawhi to be like, let me run it back, see if we can repeat, and if we don't, then I can opt out and, and then become a free agent again. But the reason why I thought that that was so dumb and uh, just couldn't possibly be on the table is um, he's he we just Kawhi saw has what happened with basically Durant. a whole season with injuries yeah and he's already missed a season yeah. with an, he has knee problems and you can't so i'm like i'm thinking Kawhi, get your money if i'm in his camp but if you're Kawhi leonard and you see kevin durant who just blew out his achilles if kevin durant gets a max deal from somebody anyway with a blown achilles who cares you can you can sign a one-on-one then and still yeah get your no money, I, right? I know you could but yeah. what if you just sign what hear this out you signed a you signed a two yeah. and one with toronto yeah, 
I suppose. Uh, two years, then an option for the the third year, mm-hmm. because that in 2021, this is this would be the free agent class if Kawhi Leonard puts his his, his name in the ring. Yeah. LeBron James, mm-hmm. Blake Griffin, Paul George, Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard obviously gets added to that. Yeah. Anthony Davis, but he'll sign an extension. Yeah. Giannis and Tentacumpo. It would be the craziest free agent class of all time. So you sign a two and one, then you can opt out in the summer of 2021. Mm-hmm. And then if things have not gone well in Toronto the last two years, okay. And if thing and if things don't go well for you from a health perspective, that two and one you guarantees you at least a hundred million bucks. Yeah. So that's I mean, yeah, that's pretty good. It's it's certainly feasible. It's 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 all very feasible. It's just like. If there was one guy who was going to, if there's one guy in the history of the NBA who is going to win a title with a team and then do the old Randy Marsh, so yeah, <laughs> it yeah. would be cool. And here's the thing Raptor fans, like, I think for the most yeah, part, would be like, no cool, animosity, man. right? Yeah. yeah I, I like, thanks, thanks for the memories. That yeah. was. How could you? you? You gave us all of the best memories yeah. in the head. Like the best memory of our franchise is no longer Vince Carter and the dunk competition. Yeah. Like, now Steve, there's like right? 10 things that are above it that all exactly. happened over the last two months of our lives. So. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you would. Now, I, I, as a, as a, as a sports purist, I, I would like to see him try to repeat because I felt that was the thing that I, I hated about the, uh, the '09 Celtics was I thought that was the best version of that era of the Pierce Garnett, uh, yep. uh, Allen era, and then the Garnett knee injury ruined the, uh, the, the title defense, obviously, which was quite lame. But uh, I, I, I think, I think it would be. I think it would be lame if uh, the Raptors, if he if he didn't re-sign and the Raptors got just on the bat on the pure sports level. I think it'd be quite lame if you guys didn't get a chance to to defend the title to, to defend the title. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, although if he left, would it free up? No, no there's no, no money. Yeah, there's the no only money. way, like yeah. basically, the Raptors, the way the cap situation works out because they're mm-hmm. over the cap. All they can do is keep guys they have full bird rights to, which would be yeah. Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green. Okay. They can't sign free agents other than to the mid-level, the taxpayer mid-level. Ah, so yeah, you'd, you'd have to. So it's not as though they could be like, all right, well, we lost Kawhi, but we're going to get Jimmy Butler. That's not the way this works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So their their future is dependent on, at least for this coming season, as to whether they're a contender is dependent on whether Kawhi resigns. Interesting. And right. the, I, I think they're still one of the better teams in the East, even if Kawhi is not there. I true, I really believe that. If Kawhi's if, not there, you still make the playoffs because you've got actual NBA players on your roster, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Like, if, if Kawhi's there, honestly, like other yeah. than the Sixers, I'm not sure who they're worse than. Well, you think about again, my well, form- Milwaukee in all likelihood. But you they're think about my up. formerly beloved Boston Celtics and what was the year from hell? Everybody hated each other. Everybody hated uh, Kyrie. Kyrie threw everybody under the bus. Uh, the media, you know, pissed all over Kyrie. Just anything that could possibly go wrong went wrong with that team. Uh, they were still a uh, four seed and won a round, right? Yep. They had to you play know? a team that was seeing their best guy, but still. True. Yeah, but yeah. I still. But think you're they right. Won yeah, yeah. I think I think that the Raptors could yeah. do that without Kawhi for sure. Yeah, it, it was it was quite something, is all. Um. Anything else to discuss in free agency? I think we got everything oh. there. We discussed the Davis trade and whatnot. I mean, I just one last thing on the Lakers, and then and then we'll we'll move on to something else. Um, the I mean, the the thing that I don't like is all this talk about the Lake the, the Lakers giving away future picks and stuff. Um, 
my thought on this is by the time that matters, Zion Williamson will be forcing his way to the Lakers. That's that's the that's the thing that I I don't get when people is that. Well, nobody... let's let's review the history of that, shall we? <sighs> yeah, sure. Um, there have been many guys who are apparently going to force their way to the Lakers over the years. Mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard, Paul yeah. George, obviously being among them. And they did not, in, guess, in all likelihood, wind up doing it. So, and and, LeBron, and Zion's express like, Kobe. yeah, LeBron, LeBron didn't force his way to the Lakers. No, but you know what LeBron I mean. LeBron was right? a free agent and signed with the Lakers. You know what I mean, uh, Yeah, I, I get it. Like, the they Lakers, knew that for two years. They knew for two, he told them for two years, get all your ducks in a row because I'm coming there. Yeah. Right? And, Sure, and, like, and 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 the, the Lakers kept their cap face open. Good yeah. for them. And yes, the Lakers have some significant recruiting advantages. Absolutely, but the idea that things can't go wrong for the Lakers has been yeah. pretty much exemplified by the fact that, that like, look at like, um, they, they've been bad for six years. Yeah. In one of those years, they have LeBron on the team. Like <laughs> I just, true. like I just, and, and yeah, he got hurt a little bit, but still, I just. I, I I can't look at the Lakers and think to myself there's there's no downside mm. to this potential trade. The next time the Lakers pick in the top five, if the if the Lakers pick winds up in the top five, the next time they would have the chance to use it, and mm. this is true, my daughter, who's one and a half, she'll be just wrapping up grade four. Yeah. Why don't we wrapping up grade three? So, yeah. So geez. there you go. Yeah. That's a long time from now. Yeah. Let's look at where the Lakers have drafted the last few years, shall we? 2019, they drafted fourth overall. That's where their pick wound up. Wound up. 2018, they didn't wind up having a first. Uh, I forget where their first wound up going, but they were drafting the top ten. Lonzo Ball, second overall. Brandon Ingram, second overall. D'Angelo Russell, second overall. Julius Randle, seventh overall. Uh, yeah, those were not good Laker teams, obviously, but bad things can happen to the Lakers. Look, you know who else has a bunch of recruiting advantages? The New York Knicks. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. I the, the Lakers, the way it has been over the last six years, they should be looking like the Knicks. Not getting Anthony Davis and LeBron well, James. Let's right? look at but let's 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 flip that script a little bit. Yeah, they got LeBron for free, but the Knicks have managed to boot all those high draft picks or turn them into nothing. Yeah. Whereas the Lakers turned them into Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball, and those are two key pieces mm-hmm. as far as acquiring Anthony Davis. The Lakers were able to turn Aunt D'Angelo Russell into huge amounts of cap space. That was a pretty key piece as far as acquiring LeBron James. So the Lakers, for their faults. And they have many. They're at least able to take those draft picks in the top three mm-hmm. and still have it wound up as though they got some value for those. The Knicks have either traded those picks before they could make them or they've picked guys who aren't good enough. Yeah. I, like the, the major difference there for me is the, the Knicks, I think, have has been more like them getting like uh, we, we talked about it earlier and, and this entire season. A ba- I, I would say basically since February, Craig, it's been Kyrie's going to the Knicks and yep. uh, and Durant's going to the Knicks. And yep. so the Knicks need to figure out all their shit. And then they, they did kind of, sort of, figure out their shit. And then a couple of things went wrong. Obviously, the, the Durant injury is, is factored among them. The Lakers, same thing. The, now, I don't think that the Knicks were necessarily told by those people 
are those particular individuals, I should say, that um, they were going. It might have just been speculation. Obviously, I don't know. I'm not an insider. But, like, it's quite clear to me that LeBron James, like, two years before he went there, told the Lakers, I'm, I'm going to be there when I'm a free agent. It's, like, it's I'm possible, there. but um, that might have been a business decision for LeBron, not as much a basketball decision. That's true. And, That's very true. I, you know, they've got it. But, I mean, game. what, honestly, and, what advantages does he get being in LA as opposed to being anywhere else, he's fucking LeBron James. Well, what, what, the the whatever it, it, quote unquote advantages he would get by being in LA, he would have them anyway because he's fucking LeBron James, right? Like yeah, it's, no, it's that's 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 course. not unreasonable. But yeah. he's about to make Space Jam too. I, I would suspect I that would have happened no matter where he was playing. Exactly. Yeah. But... I think I think it's like I don't know. Does he get a chance to set up his sports agency a little bit better in LA? Maybe. That yeah no yeah. but no uh, I think I think that the fact that LeBron's an investor in a sports agency is something that the NBA should uh, cheat to uh, ban in future CBAs but yeah. that's a different conversation different I know, day. Thing. Uh, we're running a little long here Craig so I'm gonna let you choose we'll talk about one more thing would you like to check in on our Major League Baseball bets or would you like to save that for later and we can talk a little bit about the Bachelorette before we get out of here uh let's do a very 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 quick Bachelorette then I gotta go okay um. Here's the thing about The Bachelorette. I think that this has unequivocally been one of the best seasons that they've ever had. I think Hannah's it's been, been a great, great year. I think we're going to talk about... Um, Hannah's only done one thing that has not been enjoyable, <laughs> yeah. but that has made the season better, so it's fine. Yeah, so I, I think I think we will eventually discuss Caitlin Bristow and versus, is, versus Hannah B., as uh, I, I think that will become the Jordan LeBron of, uh, yeah, of Bachelorette conversations. That said, um, in the weird episode that everybody hated, uh, uh, I think about it was about eight days ago. It was, it was like the two weeks ago episode. Uh, it, uh, her keeping Luke P after sending him home on the one-on-one. Uh, yeah. Borderline indefensible. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm yet Here's, to hear. Here, I've, uh, got a, I've got a theory about this. Yeah. Hannah seems like a very nice person. Yes. And I would love to hang out with Hannah and she seems great and she's, yeah. she's fun and she's, she's smart and all that stuff. But she also seems to me to be a person that if someone really pushed a talker into something, mm-hmm. she might do it. Yeah. And I'm wondering, and again, like, no one's ever going to admit this, mm-hmm. but it's someone on the production team think, you know what? This like Luke is really making this season more fun for us. Let's see if we can convince her to. Yeah. Do you I think it's Do you think it's one hundred percent producer? Uh, no, I don't think it's a hundred percent. I think yeah. that Hannah believes she's doing this. Mm-hmm. Like Hannah believes she's she's running this, and and she is running this. She gets yeah. to have the final say. But there are people in her ear saying, "Ah, keep Luke around. You know, maybe he's not so bad. Maybe things are going to be okay." Yeah, that's it, that's my theory. Yeah, because I mean, he, he and and I'll you know pat my I'll pat myself on separate my shoulder a little bit patting myself on the back saying that i think that uh, i you know i messaged you and i think i've said in this podcast a couple of times that luke p had all-time villain potential and i i think it's he's solidified. getting there. i think it's solidified right now who comes to your head like like when, when you say bachelor bachelorette villain who comes to your mind first like because for, for me right now it's luke p yeah i think it, and, and like obviously there's a recency bias with these types of shows fair, but fair uh yeah, like you know, I can't think of a performance that's more villainous than what we've seen here. Because like I, I was joking on Twitter, and, and like I put a poll up on Twitter that was uh, rather unanimous amongst the people who, who saw it. 
um, was who's got more go-home heat right now, Luke P or or Baron Corbin in the WWE? Now, for the non-wrestling fans out there, Craig, yeah, I I don't know what that means. <laughs> I know I know you I know you used to watch, so you'll you'll get some of the terminology. Yeah. So some of this will be lost, but you know, go-home heat is when. Um, you get booze. Obviously, if you're a bad guy in wrestling, your your goal is to get booze. And Baron Corbin is a bad guy, so his goal is to get booze. But the booze that he gets aren't, we're booing you because you're a bad guy and we respect your work as a bad guy, so boo to you, right? It's it's more, you suck and we want you to go home. Boo this man, right? right. And and uh, now I think, now it's a whole other podcast that I think that's completely unfair. And I think that's more on the, the spoiled wrestling fans than on Baron Corbin. I think he's worked, but that's a different podcast altogether. But the point is, like wrestling fans want him to go uh, like home as much like I bachelorette fans want him to go home more than I think Baron Corbin do. And they really want him to go home on, on the wrestling side. It is, it is nuts. Like Luke P is like, I, he better go to the tell all. I need to hear the crowd reaction when Luke P is 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 introduced at the tell all. I can't. It's have a it's going bit. to sound like the the guy who uh, is about to take a, a lighter test because three different women say they're all dating him at the same time. Yeah. When, he, when that guy comes out of Maury, it's going to yeah. sound like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's always great too. Maury comes out, and he's like, "Y'all, you don't know me." Yeah. <laughs> well, why? Why are you guys mad at me? Like, yeah. Well, I, I can think of several reasons actually. And, like, you're here more... to be hooked to a lie detector on television. Maybe yeah. that's a reason they're mad. <laughs> but also, the same, but also, is there a more fickle crowd than the people of than the crowd that Maury has, uh, Craig? Because you know, you watch oh, the that crowd, that crowd will go like that crowd will go from hating a guy yeah. and also and they to like, body serving not, them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not nothing about his actions have changed other yeah. than he happens to have not been the person that impregnated someone. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, we know that you're like all the actions that someone has said that we hated you for. We yeah. still believe they happened. Oh. Yeah. But you're not the father of this child. Okay, we love you now. Come in the crowd. Let's dance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, they're so fickle because, like, they'll be like, and even like some of the guys on Maury, not all of them, but some will come out and will be calm and collected and be like, I know I'm not the father, so you know what, you'll say it, Maury, and then I'll go it on with my life, right? And they they just calmly walk out there, and the crowd boos them again, like they're you know the the Rock when he was corporate Rock and stuff like that, right? Just just letting them have it, and the guys like, what? I'm not the father. What do you want me to say? And then Maury goes, you are not the father, and then the crowd like picks him up and body surfs. Yeah, and stuff. Like, yeah. It, 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 like, oh, the crowd's man. opinion of these guys is very much based on whether or not they are the father. Yeah. And which the thing is, the stuff about he's been sleeping with a bunch of different women and all that stuff. Like yeah. they forgive that very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so long as that man is not the father. God, I love uh, you are not the father. That is my yeah. shit. Um, did you hear the, the little news about Jed that came out this week, Craig? Uh, is it something to do with the fact that I'm getting bored of Jed? Well, Here's the thing about Jed. Uh, the guy can't sing. No, <laughs> so that's, that's one of the reasons getting bored of Jed. Yeah. Um, but also, apparently, he had a girl back home, Craig. Well, uh, then, is he not there for the right reasons? So, we already know he's not there for the right reasons because he admitted as such in an episode that he went on there to boost his, his singer-songwriter career, which, again, the only thing holding him back is the fact that he can't sing or write. Um other than that, though. And it's also quite glaring, because anytime he's not with Hannah, he's either at a piano or playing his guitar, right? Like, really trying to, to get it out there that he is singer-songwriter Jed. Well, yes, Nashville. I do do music, now that you mention it. Yeah, but it's also, like, 
uh, apparently, yeah, he had, he had a, he had a girlfriend before the show started. Which now, when you see his actions, like like really watch Jed next week, knowing this thing, and the guy just looks like a real scumbag. Like every, everything he did this week, it was just like, God, you're lying. This is yep. ridiculous. Oh man, Pilot Pete, man, that's where it's at. I think who do you want? Although Pilot Pete, I gotta tell you, he did he didn't show me a lot. He he was a little Ben Higgins adjacent for me. Um. Yeah, I'm pro Ben Higgins. That's I know okay. I, I'm pro Ben Higgins, but at the same time, let's let's call let's call it like it is. And Ben Higgins is is he is pure white toast, man. Like he is he is white. He is a good dude, and he will say whatever you need him to say. But there's not a lot going on there. He he is he is white toast, and I think Pilot Pete might suffer from that a l- little bit. Here's now. the thing about the guys they put on this show. Mm-hmm. Most of them are very much that. They're either that or ridiculous caricatures that are put on to create drama. Exactly. They don't really they don't really color outside the lines very much there. It's true. It's not 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 much to do in in dude world though because you either get the broies uh, or because you, 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 you just it seems like the scumbag quotient is a lot higher <laughs> in the men right which oh yes know, checks out based on uh, a little thing called based, history yeah society right? <laughs> like, would, uh, would back yeah. that up yep. yeah um but uh. If you had to go from these three, and I think uh, when it's all said and done, this is going to be the three that we we that they will be choosing from as well. Uh, if you have to go between Tyler C, Pilot Pete, and Mike, who would you prefer? Like order those guys one to three as your as your bachelor next bachelor. Mike, Tyler C. Hmm. No, Mike, Pilot Pete, Tyler C for me. Okay. Um. That said, I don't think Pilot Pete's going to be part of this, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, but I you think, think he, you think he's going to. I think he winds up with Hannah, and therefore is not uh, not in the conversation. Won't be bad. Tyler C. I think can get there. The only thing I think holding him back is he mumbles a little bit when he speaks. See, that's why I think no, I think that yeah. uh, Mike's a better narrator for a show. Yeah, I and that's and what I think. You and I keep banging this drum. If you're going to do like, it, it's time to do a Black Bachelor. It's just yeah, time. It really is, and the, and the, the, the producer the production guy. has to understand that. And yeah, this yeah. guy, like, yeah, I think that that makes all the sense. In the yeah, world. and if yeah, this is the fucking guy. Um, all right. Uh, so that, that's it. Uh, we're uh, and good talk today. I like this. Um, crossover podcast available at thecrossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com/crossoverpodcast, and soundcloud.com/crossoverpodcast. We're on iTunes. Please rate and subscribe. And as always, you do not have to listen, but please download the Crossover Podcast. We're on most podcatchers, actually, so whatever the heck you use, we're probably on there. Um, we'll be back next week. Next week will be Canada Day, Craig. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. Um, we'll probably record on Tuesday, but we'll definitely get you on because uh, obviously. Uh, We'll do the NHL signings, right? Because um, that'll be a thing. Uh, hopefully, hopefully. Do you think I can't bike on Canada Day? We'll have some of this Mitch Marner stuff figured out, or do you think it drags? No, I think it yeah, drags. I think it drags. God dang it! Hopefully, we get some of the RFA stuff figured out, yeah, well, so that no. uh, so so that we can uh, move on with our lives in that respect. But uh, if if there are any major signings and stuff, obviously we'll get you to come on. We're gonna have another podcast that we're gonna release on Canada Day. We're gonna record it later on this week. Uh, at least Kevin and I will be on a few others. Um, it is the 30th anniversary, Craig, of the 1989 uh, Jack Nicholson, uh, Michael Keaton Batman. Ooh. So on Friday night, at least Kevin and myself uh, and 
quite possibly others. You could be on this if you want, although I imagine it'll be tough with the two kids and all. But we yeah, are going to do the comedy, tra- the uh, commentary track to the uh, 1989 Batman, and uh, we'll release that as our like Canada Day special, I believe. Um, so I'm very excited for that. I think that's going to be fun. We haven't done a commentary track in a while on the on the crossover podcast, so. Uh... I'm loving, all, I'm loving all the 1989 Batman references that are going on on yeah. Twitter right now with the 30th anniversary. It's great. Um, so that's great. Uh, Craig Needles, as always, pleasure talking to you, man. Uh, good luck with Kawhi. Good Thank luck you. with Mitch Marner. And uh, I guess good luck to myself with uh, Miko Ranton. And hopefully everything works out in the end. And uh, worst of luck to the Los Angeles Lakers. I hope you get nothing. <laughs> but but uh, either way, I'm not going to be watching because basketball's dead to me. So, uh, despite the half an hour you and I spent on the free agency, it's still it's dead to me. Uh, thanks again for coming on, Craig. Talk and, to you later. Uh, we'll talk to you later next time on the crossover podcast. Crossover.